So thank you for that. Well, let's go in the Lord to the Lord in prayer and lifting these requests to Him. Um, Father, Lord, uh, we we're we're thankful that, as David said uh, just a while ago, that we're emotional creatures; that You have made us this way, and that uh, this is not just something that we just go through. Or, but Lord, we are really touched. And you are touched, Lord, more importantly with the feelings of our infirmities. And that you care about us even more than we care about ourselves. And Lord, we thank you for Josh and how you've just done abundantly above all that we can ask or think. And you you love us all that way, Lord. Help us to just to fall back into the arms of Jesus and leave it with him and trust you, Lord. Keep us from worry and fretting and depression that uh, that so easily comes upon us at times. And and uh, so, Lord, we we just thank you. And Lord, I thank you for working in Stephen's life. And Lord, that you have enabling him to to listen to uh, uh, the Word of God. And uh, there in Australia, Lord, we we just uh, pray for Jimmy. Too, for complete healing for him. We thank you, Lord, that uh, he's back with us this morning. And, uh, we, we just love he and Wilder to, Wilder to death and, and just uh, always so thankful to see them and to uh, hug their necks and, uh, and to be part of this body. So, Lord, just bless them. And uh, I pray for my brother as well who is traveling Lord, uh, this morning back from Chicago for this day uh, to be back with Dad. And as Sue stays up there in Chicago, and I pray for Russ and, and Rachel, uh, their children who are going to this uh, conference where uh, they're going to be hopefully helped by other people who have lost children and other couples. So minister to them, Lord. Uh, and uh, Lord, just encourage their hearts uh, and, and bless Sue as she is keeping the children there in Chicago. And so, Father, uh, we praise your name. We praise your holy name. As we will look into your word this morning. We will see just how much you love us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, in Mark... Chapter 1, verses 35 through uh, 45. You mean we're covering 10 verses this morning? It's a miracle. And uh, Lord willing, in the uh, early morning, verse 35, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. Simon and his companions searched for him, and they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, let us go somewhere else to the towns nearby so that I may preach there also, for that is what I came for. And he went into the synagogue throughout all Galilee, preaching and casting out the demons. And a leper came to Jesus, beseeching him and falling on his knees before him and saying, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Moved with compassion, Jesus stretched out his hand and he touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately, 
the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. And he sternly warned him and immediately sent him away. And he said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go and show yourself to the priest and offer your cleansing uh, what Moses commanded as a testimony to them. And he went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the news around to such an extent that Jesus could no longer publicly enter a city but stayed out in unpopulated areas and they were coming to him from everywhere. This morning I, I want to look at three priorities of Jesus and I hope these are priorities in our own life. These are not hard to understand. Uh, it's, it's not deep doctrine, but uh, it's hard to do it. Okay? Easy to understand, hard to do. The prior, uh, priorities in his life were, first of all, uh, <clears throat> prayer. Secondly, preaching. And that would translate over into our lives of sharing his word with others. And thirdly, people. And we see here specifically a leper. So three Ps, uh, prayer, preaching, and people. Are these three Ps in your life? Are these three Ps in your life as priorities? First of all, the priority of prayer. Uh, when did Jesus do this praying? It says in verse 35, look there and you will see, early in the morning. And remember what kind of day he had had the day before. Very uh, uh, hard, very uh, busy, um, and it says uh, that he got up early, early in the morning, uh, and, ye- and yet what did he do? He uh, began to pray. What does this teach us about praying, getting up early in the morning? For one thing, uh, I'm not a morning person, but uh uh, I'm a night person. It's hard for me to go to bed. <laughs> and uh, uh, I get up early. But uh, uh, do I pray like Jesus did? Now, I'm not saying this to, to put anybody on a guilt trip that you're going to have to start getting up early in the morning. And I, that's not the lesson here. The lesson is, are we praying whatever time of day it is? Like Jesus did say. That's the key. And uh, for him, it was early in the morning. And uh, I want to encourage you to pray more, not to feel guilty. So don't take this that way. And uh, it's a challenge to all of us to go forward in prayer. Take time to pray. Um, notice in verse 35 also, it said he went, in, went into a secluded place, a desert place. In other words, this was a place of quietness where he could be alone with the Father. And... Uh, uh, a lot of times, it's very long prayers. Uh, he was uh, would pray all night. Uh, I have trouble praying ten minutes. Then, but there are also these arrow prayers. I call them our bullet prayers. And I've talked about this before, but it's it's important for us to understand this that. Uh, a lot of times, you don't have time to just go through a, a long time to pray. It's immediate that you need help. You cry out to God 
immediately, Lord, because I need you right this second. There was somebody that uh, witnessed this. Uh, this is Peter. He said, but seeing the wind, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. That's a good prayer. <laughs> we all need to be praying that. Lord, save me. And uh, hallelujah, he will. Also another person, Stephen, he went on, uh, they went on stoning Stephen in Acts 7 as he called on the Lord and said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then falling on his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Having said this, he fell asleep. Short prayer, bullet prayers. God hears bullet prayers. And we need to be praying, whether they're long or short. And then there are different postures, different places, different circumstances. Uh, you know, I would say the most strange circumstance and place that I've ever heard of, of someone praying in the Bible. Can anybody think of where it might be? How about in the belly of the well? Good. I'm not sure I would have known that, but... <laughs> oh, <laughs> Okay, Jonah 2.1. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the stomach of the fish. Now, I don't think anybody here is going to be swallowed by a fish, okay? Uh, maybe so, but uh, probably not. Uh, I'm sure he's probably the only one that was ever swallowed by a fish and then lived to tell about it. <laughs> uh, we're told, though, that this actually happened, and I believe it. You know, I think... We as Christians are to be united to, together in prayer for a great revival. Where does that revival start? With me. You know, it's easy to point a finger. Oh, they need, oh please pray for them. Oh, they, and be in need ourselves. We need to, only one we can take care of. We can pray for others, but we can change by the power of the Holy Spirit ourselves. How uh, we also find in Luke 5, 15, and 16, it says, But the news about him was spreading even farther, and large crowds were gathering to hear him. Boy, he was a busy guy. And to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus himself would often, notice, often slip away to the wilderness and pray. But he missed so much opportunity to serve and help people and he went away to pray. Does that tell you the importance of prayer? If Jesus, the Son of God, God-man, prayed, how much more should we pray? I want that to really sink in. Because he didn't need to pray to have his sins confessed. He prayed to have communion and fellowship with the Father. I want you to just think about this too as well. Uh, the God of all creation wants to talk to you. You know, I think I'll get in my car after church and I'm going to head for Washington, D.C. Uh, and I'm going to go see the president. You think that'll happen? I don't think it will. But we've got someone who is eternally more important than the President of the United States. Hallelujah. And we can go to Him in prayer. Amen. Boldly before the throne of grace because of Christ and what He's done. Do we take advantage of that? 
You don't have to have an appointment. You know, now if you had an appointment to see the president, that'd be different. You could go see him. But how many of you in here think you're going to get an appointment to see the president? Write him a letter and say, I'd like to see you at this certain day, at this certain time. And How many of you think that that would happen? I don't. But with Jesus, you don't need an appointment. You have one. And go to him. And pray. Anytime. All the time. Often. And he'll listen. He'll listen when your wife won't listen. He'll listen when your husband won't listen. He'll listen when your friend won't listen. But God will always listen. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are yet without sin. Therefore, let us come, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Can you think of anything better than that? I cannot. And, and uh, to say, well, I'm just so wicked, he's not going to hear me, and uh, that's a cop-out. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. As we will see today that he did that with the leper. We need to praise him, thank him, worship him every day, all day. We need, to, uh, we need the blessing of God every day. Realizing that without him we can do nothing. We need his spiritual spiritual. Th- uh, strength from him against temptation. Strength to minister to people. We need him. We need him to change hearts because we cannot do that. Someone said this, and I may have said it before, effort without prayer is the ignoring of God. But prayer without effort is the mocking of God. Prayer should be a high priority in our life because it was in Christ's life. And yet he was God-man. True prayer is not the noisy sound that clamorous lips repeat, but the deep silence of a soul that clasps the Jehovah's feet. Let me read that again. True prayer is not the noisy sound that clamorous lips repeat, but the deep silence of a soul that clasps Jehovah's feet. Secondly, we see the importance of preaching, uh, the priority of preaching. As Jesus said here, this was the reason he came to preach. Above everything else, he came to preach. He healed people, but that's not why he came to preach the word, to tell people about who he was. And uh, it says here that... that uh, in verse uh, 36, it says, uh, uh, Simon and his companions searched for him. They found him and said to him, Everybody is looking for you. That's all. everybody in Capernaum. Why did they want to see him? Because 
of what he was going to tell them, how they could uh, repent. And No. It was about what? What they could get from him, most likely. Just like with the loaves, they followed him because of what they could get from him. We need to obey the Lord. Christ, notice, did not stay there. Uh, but his purpose for coming into the world was preaching the gospel. We find in Luke 4, 42 and 43. When the day came, Jesus left and went to a secluded place. And the crowds were searching for him. And he came to him and, uh, and came to him and tried to keep him from going away from them. But he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, for I was sent for this purpose. They wanted to be healed. He wanted to preach. You know, in the church, a lot of churches don't have the pulpit in the center. It'll be off to the side. Think about that. What are they saying? It's not what the most important thing, the greatest priority. The greatest priority in your life is knowing, studying, meditating, memorizing God's Word and hiding it in your heart. Uh, when we come together, we preach the Word. Be instant in season, out of season. Study to show yourself approved. All of these verses that teach us the importance of God's Word in our life. How much time do you spend in God's Word? He was sent to preach. Is preaching the main emphasis in our lives of sharing the gospel with other people? It should be. And yet, in a lot of churches, it's music, it's programs, it's drama, uh, and, and on and on. And they spend about ten minutes with a little sermonette thrown in. And that's sad. The Bible is our foundation. And we need to remember that. What does the scripture tells, tell us? 1 Corinthians 1.21 For since in the wisdom of God the world through its wisdom did not come to know God. God was well pleased through the what? Through the message preached. Foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. That's the most important thing. is for us to share the gospel that people might come to know Christ. And of course edify each other, build one another up and all of that involves in it. What did Paul say in Galatians 1.8? But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to, to you, he is to be accursed. This was a great priority in the life of Christ. Is it in ours? The word of God. Thirdly, the priority of people. The priority of people. Others. Others, we're so self-centered, I'm so self-centered. Others. Do we think of others or do we think about how I can make myself happy? It's all about me. No, he preached to people. He identified with all people. He ate and drank with sinners. He healed lepers, as we will see. He lived for and with people. He died for people. He came for people. Unclean people like us. Just like this leopard was unclean. He came 
for lepers like you and me. Do you realize that? Without Christ, you are a leper. You know, leprosy was a terrible thing and and still is. I think leprosy, we see, is a picture of sin uh, and what it does in our lives. Just like leprosy brings deformity and, and, and all the horrible things, so does sin in our life do the same thing. Listen to this definition of leprosy that I found. Uh, uh, and by the way, Luke 4.12 tells us, And Jesus answered and said unto him, It is said, You shall not put the uh, Lord your God to the test. That's not the verse. <laughs> That's okay. But anyway, uh, it says there in the passage I'm looking for, I think it may be 512, but it is 512. Uh, but he said he was full of leprosy, full of it. Not just the beginning stages, but full of full-blown leprosy. Somebody without Christ is full-blown sinner. Full-blown leprosy of sin in need of a Savior. This uh, leprosy, the disease that we call leprosy generally begins with pain in certain areas of the body. Numbness follows. Soon the skin in such spots loses its original color. It makes the skin scaly. As the sickness progresses, the thickened spots become dirty sores and ulcers due to the poor blood supply. The skin, especially around the eyes and ears, begins to uh, begin to bunch with deep furrows between the swellings. So, uh, the face of the afflicted individual begins to resemble that of a lion. Fingers and toes drop off. Eyelashes and eyebrows drop out. By this time, one can see that the person is in pitiful condition. And my brethren, people in their sin are in a pitiful condition. One can even feel it and smell it because the leper emits a very unpleasant odor and so do sinners. Moreover, the disease producing agent frequently also attacks the larynx. The leper's voice acquires a grating quality The voice becomes hoarse and you can now not only see and smell the leper, but you can hear his raspy voice. And if you stay with him for a while, you can even imagine a peculiar taste in your mouth, probably due to the odor. All the senses of the well person are engaged in the detection of the leper. Wow, what a horrible disease. Lepers were banished from their home. Uh, They had to wear clothing that was torn. They had to shout when people came near, unclean. They had to put a rag over their face. In the Middle Ages, priests read a burial service over the leper. He had to wear a black garment so people would know he was a leper. He had to live in a leper house. He could... uh, Uh, He could not come into the church service. 
He had to look through a squint hole in the wall. I think the Bible uses leprosy as a symbol for the loathsomeness of sin and the infectious nature of sin. The rottenness of sin. Leprosy is a picture of sin in our lives and what it does to us. Leprosy is a picture of sin and what it does to us in our lives. Think about it. That's how awful sin is. It's the sin of leprosy. The leper is a picture of what we are without Christ. We all have the leprosy of sin, the plague of sin in our lives, and it affects us every day of our life. Do you see your leprosy? What's neat, though, in verse 40, it says here, the leper came to Jesus. He came to the only one who could help him. He came to Jesus. My friend, let me tell you this morning, the only one that you could come to for help is Jesus. He will take away your leprosy. Totally. We see that this leper here was what? Cleansed. Not only made well, but cleansed. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to what? Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The leprosy disappears. Now, we still struggle with sin, uh, yeah, but as far as the condemnation of sin, it's gone. Jesus has taken that for us. Notice he says he touched this man. He touched this man. Wow. He touched him. We sang that song this morning, which is one of my favorite hymns. And he touched me and made me whole. He touched me. He touched me. I ask you, have you been touched by Jesus? Have you been touched by Jesus? That's how important this this message is. We need to be touched by him. Three priorities in Jesus' life. You remember what they were? What was the first one? Prayer. What was the second one? And what was the third one in people? I'd actually forgotten that. I was asking you. (laughs) And I'm serious. Are those three priorities in your life? Prayer, sharing the gospel with those that need it, Amen. and other people. Simple, isn't it? Boy, that's such a deep message. Woo, that's so woo. No, it's simple. It's doing it that's difficult. Amen. Because believe me, brothers and sisters, there are those out there who have leprosy and they're dying. They need to be touched by Jesus. He touched him. How many years do you think that poor leper went before anyone touched him? How, many, how long do some people go in their lives 
and suffer with the leprosy of sin and refuse to be touched by Jesus. And yet, if you let him touch you, he'll make you just as white as snow. He'll change your life. He'll give you such joy and peace that it passes all understanding. I know I, I've experienced that. It, it's real. As Dad, as Dad says, God is real. God is real. Let us pray. Father, this morning, uh, Lord, we confess we, we're all in need of the cleansing blood of Jesus every day. Lord, we thank you that you touched us and made us whole. Lord, I would pray if there is anyone here who has never been touched by Jesus, that they would, just as this leper came to Jesus, they would come to Jesus. That they would fall down before Him on their knees if it needs be, on their face if it needs be, but they would come to Him, the only one, the only one who can take away their sin. God, give them grace this morning, right now to do that, to cast all their cares upon you, for you really do care for us. In Jesus' name, amen.